folding pocket. Hello and welcome to a massive emergency episode of The Fast and the Curious with me, Bessie Glover. And me, Christian Hugill. A shocked and stunned Christian Hugill. It doesn't get any bigger than this. Formula One news will probably never be bigger than this again as we assemble an emergency squad to talk about the fact that Lewis Hamilton is heading to Ferrari for the 2025 season. Even as I say this, producer Jimmy giggles at the sheer ridiculousness (laughs) of it in front of me. We've just got so many questions to go through. We're going to try and go through as many as we can. We're going to rattle through it. And to do that, we're going to be joined by an incredible voice who guides millions of fans through the world of F1. I, I don't think we could have got a better person on the podcast, Christian. No, this man is one of the faces of Formula One. He presents F1 TV coverage for viewers of F1 all over the world. He's on Netflix's Drive to Survive and has been a revelation on that. He's also been a Formula One journalist for many, many years and is a friend of the podcast and is someone who is at the very heart of Formula One and its comings and its goings and its shenanigans and is therefore an incredibly busy man. He's not just all of those things. He's also an incredibly lovely human and friend of the Fast and the Curious. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome back to the podcast to Mr. Will Buxton. Thanks, mate. Checks in the post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is... It, it's huge. There's, there's no two ways about it. I was talking to Alex Jakes, um, F1 TV commentator, about it this morning. And we both agreed. We can't think of a driver move that is this big or has been this big, possibly in the history of Formula One. You know, for in, in 75 years, I don't think there has been a more meaningful move of a driver because this isn't just any driver and this isn't just any team. This is potentially the greatest driver of all time, certainly the most successful driver of all time, choosing to move from Mercedes in an engine manufacturer or a team, whatever capacity you look at it, that has supported him, backed him from when he was in carts all the way through his career. And he's going to finish his career off, it looks like, with the biggest team in the sport, with Ferrari. And it's it is even Michael moving from Ferrari and retiring and coming back with Mercedes, I don't think was this big. This is because he's still at the peak of his powers. He's still active. Um, And to do that now and to break himself out of a Mercedes contract that, that should have seen him run through to the end of 2025 to join for 2025. It's absolutely massive. And I agree with what you and Alex Jakes said about it being the biggest in F1 history. Betty, you've got a a broader sporting knowledge than me of other sports. I can't think of too many bigger sporting transfers or moves in the history of sport. Can you? Do you know what? In terms of like the shock factor... They coming sort sort of out of nowhere. I think it's it's kind of fair to say. I know there were sort of rumblings about maybe Hamilton Ferrari at some point, but everyone just completely dismissed them. But also, I think it's so funny that it's actually happened on football transfer deadline day because let me tell you, no one's talking about the transfers that Everton <laughs> are making, are they? They're all talking about Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> the amount of people that who are not—I mean, I've had, as I'm sure you have, Will and Betty. 
hundreds of messages this morning, quite literally hundreds. And it struck me how many of those are from non-F1 fans, people who I've not spoken to in years. The lads' football group chat's gone gone wild chatting about, uh, on WhatsApp today, it's gone wild talking about Formula 1. It's been great. Because <laughs> I texted them this morning and I was just like, heads up, boys, this is happening. And they were like, no. And I'm like, yeah. And then two hours later, it all starts breaking and they're like, this is crazy. Will, on that, I've got to ask you, obviously you tweeted the other day saying, or it might have been yesterday, saying, look, I know something big is happening in Formula One, but I can't tell you what it was yet. And usually I hate people that do that. I'm like, for God's sake, Will. <laughs> I hate people that do that. I hated myself. The second I hit send, I was like, oh, <laughs> you dickhead, what have you done? You know, because I knew, I knew and at that moment, I was like, I'm going to get absolutely rinsed for this. Do you know what? We'll, we'll let you off because this is absolutely massive. How did it How did it come about? How did you first hear about it? Um, I heard through a very, very reliable source um, who who I trust implicitly. Um, and then a bit, bit, a bit of digging and it, it, it was what it was. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the second I heard it, I was like, well, that sounds like madness. And then you start to delve a little bit deeper into it and... And here we are. I honestly, I love it. I love that Fred and Lewis are getting back together. You know, Fred Vasseur is a guy who was so responsible for creating this force of nature that was this young prodigy through his junior career, through Formula 3 and GP2, taking him to the titles in both of those championships with his ASM um, slash ART team 20 years ago. This precocious, prodigious talent in single seaters that was so undeniable that McLaren sorry had to had to put him through into a race seat alongside Fernando Alonso in his in his rookie season because they couldn't afford to to risk losing him that romantic opportunity to fight for his eighth for Fred to take the title back to Ferrari you know one last glorious dance it's so poetic. It's so beautiful. Christian, do you love it? I absolutely love it because I think it's fantastic for the sport. There will always be passionate F1 fans like all of us on this podcast who will always love it. But there had been a dip in the casual interest of the sport where moments where Formula One transcends just the Formula One bubble. There'd been a dip since 2021. And this immediately pushes it back because you've got 2024 being Lewis Hamilton's long goodbye from Mercedes. You've got the fascination of how that will play out this season in terms of his last races in a Mercedes into the fascination of how that will look. I mean, imagine the excitement for the Bahrain Grand Prix of 2025, the first race of the season. It'll be incredible. For me, it gives the sport, not that it massively needed it, but a huge boost. It extends his career as well, because let's say the car is a rocket ship for Mercedes this year. Lewis wins his eighth and then what, retires? Because by that point, Ferrari have got their future lined up either with Carlos or Albon or whoever else they might have been looking at. They've got young drivers coming through as well. You look at Oli Behrman, real talent for the future there. Now's the time. Now's the time to jump. Now's the time to make the move before everything gets locked up. And a few days ago, I said, you know, I thought the silly season, you know, <laughs> was looking like it was going to be over before we even arrived for pre-season testing with Lando and Charles committing their futures to McLaren and, and Ferrari. And here we are with this, you know, possibly the biggest coup um, that I can that I can recall. You talk about it being the biggest coup. Do you think that this would have been a massive surprise then for the likes of Toto Wolff and Mercedes? Absolutely. 
I don't, you know, obviously Toto knows that Lewis needs a, a race winning car or a car certainly that's capable of giving him the opportunity to fight for a world championship or at least race wins. And he hasn't had that really for two seasons. But the relationship between them was good enough. The, the, the confidence, the faith they had in each other was was good enough. So for Lewis to have determined that actually I, I want to try things somewhere else, it's a massive shock. And it can't, it can't not have been a shock for for Toto. I, I, I don't think. No, no matter how, you know. Let's not forget, Mercedes finished ahead of Ferrari last year. So it is. It's, no matter which way you you cut it up, it's a, it's a yeah, shock. Yeah. So when you when you put it like that, Will, what is the appeal for Lewis to actually make this move? Do you think, other than the fact that Ferrari is obviously iconic, um, and he's going to look great in red? <laughs> what is the actual appeal? <laughs> it's the it's the chance to the chance to do something incredible the chance to do what charles hasn't yet legacy is is always a big thing and you know maybe you know p- people have always sort of said oh lewis has always had the best car or has always been with the best team they they never give lewis his dues for helping to create that and being the driving force that has not only developed the car not only raced the car but that has been this magnetic presence that has brought the best people into that team as well the fact that he gets to do that again at Ferrari, the fact that he gets to once again try to create something, you know, if he can take a Ferrari to the World Championship for the first time in, in uh, what is it, what are we looking at now, 16 years, 17 years, something like that, there can be no doubting his place in history. I just love the fact that it's such a, a beautiful emotional decision. <laughs> Christian, let's talk about the Ferrari lineup then in 2025. How on earth is this going to work? Hamilton and Leclerc, is there going to be a first driver and a second driver? I mean, what do you think? Ferrari had always been quite clear with Carlos and Charles, who have always been fairly evenly matched, that there's not a number one, number two. And and Fred Vasseur, Ferrari team principal, who we was just talking about, was always quite clear with that. And we saw throughout 2023 that the two were very evenly matched. And of course, the one driver who wasn't a Red Bull driver that won a race was actually Carlos Sainz. Uh, and maybe I've always felt that, that Charles just shades it in terms of broad, sheer overall pace between the two. So I can't see them coming in and saying Lewis is number one driver. I don't think that's how Ferrari work. But to have Leclerc and Hamilton together, it's almost like when your PlayStation game does it, you sort of start to think, oh, it's a little bit unrealistic. That would never happen. It's like one of these dream team things that you just think they're never going to go against each other. And we're going to get to watch it play out in the flesh. And I just think that's fascinating it's mouth-watering regardless of whether the car's quick enough to win a world title this is lewis's biggest ever test as a teammate for me it's just fascinating and it will be a massive test of both drivers and it will give us after that partnership has ended wherever that may be a much bigger indication as to the talent of those two drivers I can't doubt I think Lewis is one of the greatest of all time that's not going to change but I think it's a fascinating matchup Will I think that ultimately being partnered with Lewis will be the making of Charles Leclerc I think you have three mega talents in Formula One who are Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso I agree because when Charles had that opportunity to go for the title he did make mistakes he he wasn't quite there he wasn't the complete driver Lewis is the complete driver and Charles still has some way to go so to be able to match himself with Lewis also to be able to see the way that Lewis operates to be able to learn from him and he does still have have space to learn 
will only aid Charles and in the long term Ferrari in terms of their long term ambitions. So I think bringing Lewis into the fold is is a very smart move because in order to win a title, you need people who know how to win titles. And Lewis does. Mm. Will, would this have come about with or without the blessing of Charles Leclerc? Is Charles Leclerc having to go, right, well, I will sit and learn from the best, as you've just said, or is there a remote possibility that he sat there seething, going, I was already ready to be the best. I don't need this master teaching me. I don't know if it required his blessing. He's still an employee. Um, And I know that John Elkin has has wanted Lewis and has been courting Lewis for years. That's the Ferrari chairman. Yeah. And if the big boss says he's coming, then he's coming whether you like it or not. But you know what? For any driver to be able to match themselves against statistically the best driver of all time, that's a challenge that you accept with both hands and say, well, you know what? This is my team. I'm going to beat him. Look, this this move basically means that there's going to be a massive domino effect, right? One of those dominoes falling is going to be Carlos Sainz. Where on earth does he go from here? Oh, good question. It's it's a really good question. It's uh, Will will back me up on this. The least surprising news in all of this is that Carlos's time at Ferrari is coming to an end. That had been the sort of, while it wasn't a certainty, that had been the feeling for a little while. He's got his admirers at Audi who are taking on the Sauber team in 2026. Uh, It doesn't strike me as completely beyond the realms of possibility that he ends up back at Red Bull. I would think that's not a bad Sergio Perez replacement. To me, the truly fascinating thing is, is to who ends up in that Mercedes seat. And I, the more I think about it, Will, and I'm basing this off purely logic in my own head, who gets on well with George Russell? Who's in the form of his career? Alex Albon. Ding, ding, ding. I, I think that wouldn't be a bad signing for Mercedes. Um, it's far too early to tell, Will. Do you have any thoughts on the... On on Carlos and the vacant Mercedes seat. For the Carlos thing, it seemed like it was going to be his decision of where he went and why he went. And the Audi thing's been speculated for a long time. In terms of Mercedes, Albon is, a, I think, a shoe-in because Ferrari, we believed, might have had an interest in him. As you say, he is the informed man right now. Um, Absolutely mega. Like George, a move from Williams to Mercedes would seem logical. But, but, is this the moment for Mercedes to do something crazy and actually take a punt on someone completely different and that no one would expect and I'm looking at Andrea Kimi Antonelli who is their young driver who they have rushed up the junior ladder and have skipped Formula 3 this year and plonked him straight into Formula 2 with Prima. If he wins the title or even comes close to the title this year in Formula 2 what odds that with a vacant seat they now go you know what Lewis jumped straight up into Formula One, you know, was mega. You look at Piastri, who was F3, F2 champion, bang, jumped in, did a great job. Same with Charles, same with George. You know what? We're, we're, we're losing a legend. We have trained this youngster to become our future. Let's stick him in at the top team. Kimi Antonelli at Mercedes in 2025, 18 years old, rookie driver, fresh from Formula Two. That... That gets my 
blood pumping. <laughs> I feel like it's all getting your blood pumping, to be honest, Will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Christian, <laughs> he's just shaking in, in his chair. Um, look, I am absolutely buzzing for all of the Ferrari fans out there because I think this is like this dream come true scenario for them. But there is one Ferrari fan in particular that I am so pleased for. So basically, when we did our end of season um, live show at Mercedes-Benz World, there was a girl there called Laura and she walked full chest, full of confidence into Mercedes-Benz World wearing a Ferrari jacket and sat there and went, I want Hamilton to come to to, uh, Ferrari. And she must be absolutely buzzing. So uh, let's bring her in. Let's bring her on the podcast because I really want to know how she's feeling. Laura. Hello. Welcome back to the Fast and the Curious. Laura, the last time we saw you was at Mercedes-Benz World with your Ferrari jacket. Laura, big question. Were you the first person in Formula One to know this? Had you got this covered all along, Laura? Seven minutes after Sky F1 posted on Instagram, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Partly because my friend, who's actually not an F1 fan, he's obsessed with any type of news. And that is what he sent it to me straight away. Laura, what was your reaction? What what did you feel? What, did you cry? The first thing I said was, is this fake? <laughs> well, Laura, we're joined on the podcast this week by F1 TV and Netflix Drive to Survive legend Will Buxton. Will has just been talking about the romance of this for Ferrari fans, the drama, the poeticism of it all. Laura, would you like to tell Will, as a massive Ferrari fan, your emotion at the moment? I'm overwhelmed. I feel like I'm shaking. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love it. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. This is it. This is the power of this is the power of sport. This is the power of these kind of things. It's just it's the emotion of it. It's so great. Is this all your dreams come true? You, is this it's so wild that it, I didn't even consider it to actually be a possibility. So this is beyond dreams now. This is like alternative universe reality. <laughs> Whoever manifested this, Laura, I feel like you manifested it. Don't it's, don't don't put this on anyone else. You take full responsibility because you walked into Mercedes Benz World wearing a Ferrari jacket, thinking this is going to happen one day, guys. <laughs> this is going to happen. Do you think he's going to be able to uh, win the title at Ferrari? Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, Ferrari is known for blunders, <laughs> so you must have a lot of faith in Ferrari to be joining that's a fair point well yeah when you've got passionate ferrari fans saying listen we've not got everything right will is there a, is there a point there to that will will ferrari have had to do some tempting there will yeah and fred needs to have assured lewis that the pitfalls and the things that haven't gone right you know strategic blunders and and such like you know that that he's on top of it and he will fix it and he has fixed it. We'll only really see, I guess, this year when the cars hit the track. If you listen to the Ferrari radio messages to Charles and Carlos, and you can't imagine Lewis really putting up with that. He'll give them fairly short shrift if they're saying, hey, Lewis, we're thinking about plan E. What are your thoughts? Lewis will be like, just give me a freaking plan, guys. Like, come on, that's your job. Um <laughs> I wonder, you know, will anybody move over with Lewis? That, you know, all of these things will come out in the in the wash. But Fred must have done a huge sales pitch and convinced him mm. that those little things that caught them out in that World Championship fight two seasons ago that they're that they're resolved. Look, I just want to put something to all of you. Okay, we have, of course, like so many people, so many of us have had so many of these messages about this news. Um, 
But this one from Claire really stood out, okay? She says, no, Lewis, just retire. Unpopular opinion. I really dislike Hamilton as a driver. I don't think he's the GOAT. I don't think he will win another title. Just retire and give someone more deserving a shot. Starting with Will, what do you have to say back to Claire? Totally agree. What's Lewis Hamilton ever done? I mean, you know, <laughs> ah, come on. Like, how do you deny that level of greatness? He's one of the greatest drivers that has ever graced Formula One. It doesn't, I'm not even, I'm not even answering that. It doesn't make any sense. No, I know. Claire, <laughs> do you know what? I do feel like you've let yourself down here. Christian, you were talking <laughs> to me. We're not angry. We're just disappointed. We are just disappointed, Claire. Um, Christian, we were talking earlier about how you've said numerous times on the pod that you thought Hamilton was one of the best drivers last season. Yeah, I think um, we saw Charles Leclerc, as Will just said, go on the radio and, and, and drive Ferrari forward sometimes from the cockpit. Lewis Hamilton's a similar sort of character. And I, I do believe, you know, there was a lot of questions about Lewis in 2022 because he was at times having a very experimental setup, trying everything he could to get Mercedes on the right track, whereas George was being bedded in a little bit more easy because it was his first season. But actually, we saw when things were a bit more even last year, Lewis stepped up. And I, I really think the only reason... The only reason Mercedes finished second in the championship was because Lewis was on form and pushed them into that. If you're looking for someone who really can push and drive a team forward, Lewis can do that. So, Laura, I think it's very exciting for you because I think you've got someone who really can pick up the Tifosi, pick up your team by the scruff of its red-collared neck and forced it forward. And you must be buzzing, Laura. I am. Will you be supporting Lewis Hamilton this season? Even though he's at Mercedes... This, for this next season. Are you going to be sat there on your sofa cheering him on? Oh, yeah. I'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye on all the races, all the points. I have a book. Oh. <laughs> I have a book as well where I can I take notes. Well, you're in good company <laughs> with these two geeks because <laughs> they do that too. Proudly, proudly so. Laura, good luck soaking up the news and coming to terms with everything. Get yourself a nice cup of tea. Keep calm. Everything will be great. Look after yourself in these times of stress. You know, good stress, but it's still stress. It's a lot to go through. So, Laura, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Can I ask two questions? Oh, oh, you you can. You can. Okay. First of all, what do you think would happen to Sainz now? And second, will Lewis and Charles make a song together? Oh, now that they're on the same team. the, The second one is the biggest question of all. That's what I was thinking. Will Charles play piano? Lewis sing? Lewis produce? All of that? Or will they do a piano duet together? I mean, there's an album in this potentially. Maybe not a world championship, but there's definitely an album. The Ferrari album of 2025. <laughs> I think that's the biggest question of all. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's important. Uh, and Laura, we've sp- we've spoken a little bit about Carlos before you joined. We think we seem to think Audi seems a realistic option for Carlos Sainz. Uh, but let's see. Laura, thank you. Thank Such you. Such a pleasure to have you on. Wear that Ferrari jacket with pride. Always. And Will Buxton. Uh, will, you will be one of the busiest people in F1 all the time, but especially today. Will, thank you so much, bearing that in mind, for giving us your time. It's always delightful to have you on. My pleasure. What a day. What news. Uh, honestly, never imagined this day would come. What a day. As a, as a fan of F1, I just think it's... I think it's it's magic. The the most successful driver of all time with the most successful team of all time. It's bloody exciting. It's beautiful. Will Buxton, thank you. Speak to you soon, Will. Love you. Love you too, Will. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> 
Will and Laura there. Uh, Laura seemingly in a state of shock. And Will, Will, me and Will agree on a lot of things, Betty, just excited about it. It's just such excitement for Formula One fans. I feel like they're both in so much shock, aren't they? Like, ne- neither of them, I think, can kind of come to terms with what's happening. I mean, me and you can't either, to be honest. Like, I don't think we've processed it, but absolutely massive news. Two things that we probably need to just talk about very quickly. Um, firstly... Is going to happen to Toto Wolf? Like, what, what's the what's his situation? Because for him, oh, nightmare. This really interests me because he has spoken a lot about not giving up his position as figurehead, team principal, you know, at Mercedes until he'd won Lewis that eighth. So I think this opens up massive question marks as to his future at Mercedes. I think there's two possible options. Does he think, okay, well, when Lewis goes, I go, and that's the time to pass the baton on for someone to take the team into its new era I've done my thing or is that a slightly sour note to end Toto Wolff's legacy on and and as Will said that this could potentially elongate Lewis Hamilton's career does this potentially elongate Toto Wolff's career as well as he doesn't want to leave Mercedes in a bit of a mess the themes of Sir Alex Ferguson leaving Manchester United you don't want that sort of long-term dip does he want to properly re-establish Mercedes with a great driver lineup and a, a title battling car before he goes. I, I I could see either of those two things happening and I don't know which one. I think it's fascinating to keep an eye on what happens with Toto from here. Yeah, love love Toto. Love Toto. The other thing is that we, we know this is a massive shock, which is why so many people can't quite believe it. But have there been like a couple of warning signs, do you reckon, from Lewis, like itching to sort of make that next move, whether that's retirement or moving elsewhere? I think they have. And I think some of these have potentially been a little bit underreported. I was surprised on a few occasions over the last two seasons at just how strongly Lewis came out and criticised Mercedes for going in ro- in the wrong direction. I do wonder if part of this, as well as the sheer emotion that Will was talking about, was, well, we went the wrong way. And sometimes in sport, if you make bad decisions, you pay a high price. And I wonder if there's an element of that with Lewis. It could be driven purely on emotion. There could be an element of, I'm just frustrated that this went the way it did. And maybe you should have listened to me, guys. Yeah, I'm so interested. I'm so, I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall, by the way. Wouldn't we all? In that Mercedes conversation when Lewis was like, right, Toto, by the way, mate, I'm off. Could you imagine? Going to dress in red from 2025. Also, Christian, sorry, just to emphasise how big this is. Can you believe that Ferrari's stock price went up by 6% today? So Lewis Hamilton's news is worth $4 billion. It's, it shows you, as we said right at the start of this podcast, this is not just a big move for Formula One. And, and as, as um, Will and Alex Jakes, the F1 TV commentators were saying, and I'd had the same thoughts earlier, I can't think of a bigger move in the history of the sport. One of the biggest news things to have happened in the history of sport. It is seismic. And what you can guarantee is that the Fast and the Curious will be here to analyse it, have a laugh about it, 
maybe write some songs about it. No, no, you're not writing any more songs, mate. <laughs> oh, I can't rule that out. I can't rule that out as it all unfolds. We have got so much coming up on The Fast and the Curious. It's unbelievable. As we said at the end of the last episode, before we knew we'd be popping up for this emergency one, Betty Glover is off to New York with the Williams team. We'll be back next week with all the highlights of that. We're also going to be out and about with Formula One teams in the next couple of weeks, bringing you some very, very big names in Formula One onto the podcast. And of course, this is a storyline that will rumble on and on and on. So if there's anything that you don't think we've got to, that you want to ask us, we're on all the social medias. Fast Curious Pod is the way to fire a question at us. Uh, Betty, take two with this. Now you can go to New York. Oh, thank you. Right, I'll pack my bags. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Off, uh, pack your bags. Off you go to the departure lounge. Uh, we'll be back very soon on The Fast and the Curious. For me, Christian Hugill, and Betty Glover, our thanks to Will Buxton. Bye for now. Bye.